Hello, it's me, John Atkins, aka The Ukulele Teacher, and welcome back to Ukulele Tales, the ukulele podcast. Firstly, I just want to say a massive thank you for all the lovely feedback you guys have been sending me so far. I'm so glad you guys have been enjoying the first couple of episodes, and stick with it because we have got some great, great episodes coming up in the not-too-distant future as well. I've interviewed uh, some of the top names in the ukulele world, and I'm carrying on interviewing as well. In fact, just a couple of days ago, I was up in London, and I spent the afternoon with Tyler, aka 10 Thumbs Pro on YouTube, and I had an amazing chat with him, and I'm going to be rushing that out to you as soon as I can. I was actually planning on saving that for a while, but it was such a good chat that I can't wait to share it with you. In fact, I'll be going back up to London later this week as well to chat with Lisa from the Ukulele Orchestra of Great Britain, and I've got loads of other great names in the pipeline as well. Uh, The Ukulele Kids Club episode last week was really great fun, and I loved getting to find out a bit more about that charity and the great work that they do. So thanks again to Marlon for her time chatting with me, and do go and check that episode out if you haven't already. Also, while we're talking about the UKC, in case you didn't see it, I'm also auctioning off my 21 Pilots Ukulele for their charity. And with just over a week to go, it's already at over $550 the last time I checked. So if you want a chance to win my famous 21 Pilots limited edition ukulele, go and check out that charity auction right now and maybe help raise some money for the Ukulele Kids Club charity while you're at it as well. Um, Also, I want to give a big shout out to one of our listeners, James Grill from North Devon, who sent me a lovely message saying how much he's enjoying the podcast. James sadly had a motorcycle accident recently and is going to be unable to play the ukulele for quite a while. So everyone, please send him some positive thoughts for his recovery as he starts his physio this week. James said that he's looking forward to hearing the Jake Shimabukuro interview. And uh, I will be posting that in a couple of weeks time as well around Christmas time. So again, like I said earlier, do subscribe if you haven't already to make sure that you don't miss that one. Talking of Christmas, I want to know what you guys are doing for the big day. Specifically, what are you doing with your ukuleles? Are you going to be playing at a local library, putting on a carol concert in church, busking at a local shopping centre? Where and when are you playing your ukuleles this Christmas? Also, what ukuleles or uke-related items are you hoping to find in your Christmas stocking? Is there a ukulele that you've had your eye on for a while and you're hoping that Santa will bring it to you on the 25th? And have you been naughty or nice? Let me know and I'll read out some of your replies in the upcoming Christmas episodes. Anyway, this week I'm bringing you a great chat that I had back in the summer with Bernadette Teachers Music, aka Plazi, on Instagram and uh, other social media platforms. I've got to say apologies for the background noise. I've cleaned it up as best I can and it is perfectly listenable. However, the interview did take place on the floor at NAM. So as I'm sure you can imagine, there is just a little bit of background noise. Talking of background noise, here's my son, Percy. Hello, what have we got here? Oh, thank you, a letter. How are you doing? Can I play the piano? <laughs> you want to play the piano? Yeah, come and say hello to the listeners first. Why say something? Come and say hello. Say hello, everybody. Hello, Mr. Poo Poo. <laughs> okay, and we'll leave it there. Thank you, Percy. Let's go and take your coat off. Hello, Hello, Poo Okay, thanks, Percy. Mm-hmm. 
Well, that's ironic. I was apologising for the background noise of my interview with Bernadette, and in comes my son Percy. I'd forgotten to close the door of the studio, and there's plenty of background noise of my own here, even at my house. So, sorry about that. Anyway, this is the first part of my conversation with Bernadette Teaches Music, as I said, recorded at NAMM back in the summer. She was a really open, lovely and sharing person, and it was so nice to chat to her because we've both forged very similar paths as online ukulele teachers, and there really aren't that many of us about. She was absolutely lovely and very happy to share and uh, answer anything that I could ask her. Later on in the interview, we will get into some slightly meatier topics, but to begin with, we both have a little chat about how we got our start teaching on YouTube. So here it is, part one of my chat with Bernadette Teaches Music. Testing one, two, three, one, two, three, four, five. Beautiful, really <laughs> lovely. <laughs> Thanks very much. So I've just seen you perform at NAM with your guys, two hits and a miss, right? Yeah, so the intention was that it was just going to be my sax player and my percussionist, but we had a few other members jump in last minute, and it was really fun to play yeah. them. And what's the deal with the two hits and a miss, right? What is that um, something you started in lockdown or something? So we started in lockdown because one of my friends was conducting kind of like a let's keep everyone in high spirits when the pandemic first hit and everybody was locked in their homes. So my friend Mari, she's from South America, and she said, let's have a concert that goes 24 hours and everyone will have a live stream spot. Oh, I remember that. I think I was part of it, but it feels like so long ago. I can't it remember for sure. It was very long now. ago. I think it was March or April yeah. of 2020. Yeah. And she invited me to play, and I'm not much of a performer, so I thought, well, I'll invite these two guys. I know them separately, but I think if we all come together, they will sound great. And they did. They they knew of each other because we're from a really, really small town where you know right. of people if you don't know them. Yeah, you guys are local to each other. Yes, yes. So we played together for that event and we liked how we sounded and how we got along and we decided to do it more. And here we are today, two years later. Yeah. Are you guys going to record anything together? Or? We, um, we have a, an album of covers that we did. I didn't promote it that much yet because we wanted to have a maybe a second or third album and then have a lot of music to share with everybody, but we do have a Two Hits and a Miss Volume 1 covers album. Cool. But that's not your main thing, is it? Uh, you're more a teacher, right? Yes, yes. I'm more of a teacher. I used to be a classroom teacher, like in marching band and conducting like kids and going down the street with my marching band or doing concerts and yeah. that's what I used to do yeah and then I decided to take a job in Japan teaching elementary music over there learned a little bit of Japanese to teach the Japanese songs as well and then I thought you know I, I'm feeling like there's something more I want to do and I always loved video editing and so I started a YouTube channel but what the purpose was so I could show it in my classroom and have the feeling of having two teachers in the classroom the me that's on screen and the me that's walking around and fixing little fingers and hands. Oh, no way. Okay. Yeah. And then people started watching and saying, hey, this is really good because it was made for children. People thought, like, I love how easy you make the lessons. And all of these strangers to me started watching because in my mind, it was just for my students. And people started requesting tutorials. And at first I thought, well, no, I can't teach that. I'm, I'm not good enough. And uh, as more requests came in and more sweet comments came in, I started feeling more confident and I thought maybe I can do it. And so I started 
doing you, you know, Yeah, that's so funny. That's almost the exact same as my story. Yeah. I, I made my first video for one guy. Really? At my old work. Yeah, my old work. He was uh -huh. playing ukulele. I was like, oh, I'll make a video. I mean, it was kind of for me to have fun and like a little yeah. bit of um, like video editing practice and stuff. Right. But I was like, oh, I made this video for you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and now, yeah, and then, like you said, like I was getting like comments of people saying, oh, can you teach this song or can you make another video? Uh -huh. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess I can do that. So, so what did you teach with that one video? Uh, just like, you know, CFG, here's 100 songs you can play with it. The, you know, <laughs> so it was it was just a joke, right? Yeah. And, um, but a joke that kind of got crazy out of hand. And now here we are 10 years later and we're doing it. How long did it take before you thought, wait a second, this is really a, a job now like uh, a couple of years oh, not really? super long but yeah. um, it, it built up but pretty naturally it was just like a hobby that became more and more fun yes and then what happened you know I should be interviewing you <laughs> but no, I'll tell you really quickly so I know I know because I like having a chat yeah. as well but basically what happened roughly is I started to like monetize my video when it reached like a certain point you could do that I started to monetize my channel and I was like you know what if I could make like if I could make like a few dollars with one video, if I could make 100, 600 videos, then maybe I could like live off it. And that would take me like five or six years to do. But in fact, I basically sped it up. The more videos you made, it was like a snowball. So in fact, what happened was within a year, I was able to do it. And um, once I'd started the monetization process, and then I was able to quit my job and uh, yeah, never looked back. You know? And you were a visionary with your timing. I was lucky when with my timing. Visionary answered. is a really generous way of putting well, it. Because you, know? <laughs> you knew to make enough videos to build an audience. So yeah. when I think about you know the the really big channels, I think about you and oh, the Dylan. You. Yeah. And uh, you know, like those who came after, we all look up to you all as. Our oh man, that's so nice. I mean, I <laughs> I appreciate that because I look up to all the new people. I'm like, oh, I've got all these new people doing it, mm -hmm. but just doing it better than me. Like they've seen what I've done and they've improved on it and they're just. <laughs> completely killing me so no no i think it's just everyone has their own little touch and we all appeal to different people yeah 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 hey before i forget what does plazi mean like where does that come from <laughs> so i started instagram back in college when it was just an app that my friends were using to share photos with really cool filters on them and um my nickname is plazi because my name is bernadette plazola so plazola is shortened down to plazi got it right so okay. i started back then and then when i started my youtube channel well i already had 700 followers i thought i can't start yeah, over this yeah. is so many people and so i i just continued but i actually like that i have a really short instagram name because it's easy to remember yeah to share yeah. yes well this is funny i might cut this bit out but I didn't realize your name was, uh, what did Bernadette? you Bernadette? No, no, Plaziola. Plaziola. Plaziola, because in your in my phone, I put it down as Etchenberry or something. Oh, yeah, Is yeah, Is that yeah, like yeah. a married name or a maiden name or something? Yes, so I was married. I married uh, my college, like, best friend. Yeah. And we went off, we traveled and everything. And then as we were growing, he decided, you know what? Turns out I don't want a family, but I'm happily married the way we are. And I thought, I do want a family and so we decided to wait a year and see which way we wanted to go you know if he was going to decide for a family or if I was going to change my mind and after a year we both didn't change our minds so we decided to have a divorce but I'm really lucky and that it was amicable as amicable as it can be just because we wanted different things like we went to IHOP after we signed all the paperwork oh that's nice yeah. and we had like a where do you see the other person in five years and he said oh you're going to be married, you're going to have your kids. And so it, it was a really friendly, yeah. you know, just because we grew and 
had different priorities. I'm so, I didn't mean to bring that up because I didn't no, know that no, was no. the answer to I, that no. question. So. I've, sh I've shared yeah. it in the, okay. in the channel and I've shared okay, it with people cool. because I think like there are other people in that situation and they decide to maybe not follow what they want to stay married. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you haven't brought in kids into the equation, it's a lot easier to separate and go your own ways. You know, I, I think when once you have children, it makes it much more difficult. Not that it shouldn't no kidding, or right? should be done, <laughs> yeah. but it's just difficult because yeah. you have to consider other little lives I mean, it makes, too. It makes life more difficult having yeah. kids. Right? I mean, you've, you've just had one, right? <laughs> yes, yes, during how, the how pandemic. How old is, is your girl? She's a year and a half old, but okay. she, uh, her dad's a giant, so she looks like a three-year-old. Yeah. 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 I've got uh, Percy as well, my yes, son. He's three, yes. actually close to four now, I think. Three and a half-ish. Uh -huh. So, and that changed everything for me, having a kid. I remember you uploading videos where you had him and you're filming. And now that I have a kid at home, I'm like, how did you do this? Yeah, I had no choice. Because <laughs> my wife was still working. She yeah. had like a regular like nine to five. Yeah. So I remember, yeah, there's some videos when we started. I had him just in like a little bouncer. Like, I remember the me. little, yeah. Yeah. But it's become hard. Like now he's like his own person. I can't really, I don't want to feature him in my stuff anymore because... Yeah. Uh, it's sort of not fair on him, and um, like he needs to be his own person, I think, at the moment. But uh, but he still plays, you know. He's yeah. like he's three years old. He plays the piano, right? I haven't taught him. He can pick out little tunes and stuff yes. on a keyboard, and because um, he was born into it, you know. I guess that's, that's it, just right? What yeah. Daddy does, so this yeah. Is what we do. Yeah. yeah. But like I'll hear like a little tune. I'll be like, hang on, isn't that Mary had a little lamb or yeah. something? And I go, yeah. I'm like, but I didn't teach you that, you know. <laughs> So it's like really like cool when they can do that. I've noticed that with Daniela when um, I'm singing a song and I get distracted and stop singing it, she'll finish it for me. Like, oh, yeah. of course she's not talking yet, so she'll babble it in the right notes. Yeah. And I'm like, wow, like kids are really amazing when you expose them to music early. They can just pick it up so fast. Yeah. And have you found, so you said you found it hard since having a kid to carry on kind of. Well, she, um, the day she was born, she, I didn't get to hold her as soon as she was born because she was having trouble breathing. So she had to be airlifted and taken to uh, like a children's hospital. I didn't get to bond with her. I, I didn't even know she was going to live. It was a really scary time. And so um, uh, we didn't know what was wrong with her. We had all of these doctors looking at her and they couldn't tell us why she was losing blood. But she was losing blood. She had to have transfusion after transfusion after transfusion. She was only a month old and had had five transfusions. And they told me this might be her life, transfusions. And now I think I know what happened is that my water broke, but it broke from the top. And I was just not aware that I should have gone to the hospital when I should have. So by the time I got there, they're like, you're supposed to be here 16 hours ago. And oh, wow. And I told them, well, they told me that the pain would be unbearable. Yeah. And, I was, so, and you're like, hey, this is nothing, you know? No, I mean, it was painful, but I had a uke fest that day, so I thought, like, uh, uh, via Zoom. So I was like, okay, I'll just do this uke fest, and then afterward, I'll call the hospital. Wait, so let me get this straight. Your water's broke, you did the uke fest, and uh -huh. then you called the hospital. Yes, but I didn't know my water broke because it broke from the top, so okay. it was just like... It wasn't like what I heard that it yeah. would be, which is just a lot, and you, you, you know, you know. And so I thought, well, I don't know. Yeah. And I have this youth fest, and there's like 200 people coming. So um, I was conducting the youth fest and introducing all the different artists that were going to lead a workshop. And in between, I was pacing around, and in the chat, they were saying, "I think Bernadette's in labor." <laughs> 
I so didn't they know. knew. They knew. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they knew, and they said, "Bernie, you gotta go to the hospital." So the Yuk Fest ended at seven, and at nine p.m. I was at the hospital. Wow, that now that's dedication. It was. That is dedication. <laughs> well, it was also just during such a weird time where they said, "Don't come to the hospital because oh, you yeah, know right. the pandemic and yeah. it's super closed here, yeah. so your contractions have to be like two minutes apart for a whole hour." And I wasn't there; they were yeah. all over the place. So yeah. it was just weird times. But yeah. my being that my baby was born in that situation, she was very high needs early on, you know, because. She needed to be taken to the hospital weekly to be tested for yeah. the blood level. And how is she doing now? Thankfully, great. We changed really? doctors, we changed great. teams, and they were able to tell us that you know what? It's just that the labor was so intense. Something yeah. happened, but she's fine. She's producing her own blood. She's a typical healthy baby. You wouldn't know that this happened. Yeah. So. We might never know exactly what caused it, but I'm just glad she's okay. But yeah. she's like stage five clinger with mommy. Like she doesn't want anybody else. So I get work done when she's napping. Even though my mom comes over and helps me every day, she still just wants mommy. So that's yeah. what made it really hard. Yeah. And then um, I wanted to share her in the YouTube channel because so many subscribers were so invested. They're invested in it, right? Exactly. And yeah. her health. Yeah. And they sent gifts, so many gifts. And so I wanted to share her for that reason, but I had a video go viral on TikTok. It got like 17 million views. And the comments there were so negative. And yeah. some people were coming to my Instagram and finding me there to spout the negativity. And I thought, I don't want them to know who my baby is or yeah. to see her on my social media. For a whole year, I didn't post her. I thought I was never going to post her again, but now as those haters have gone and yeah. lost interest i'm sharing a little bit of her more did you post that tiktok video originally or did someone else kind of i it? was reviewing uh the roadie tuner that like turns the pegs for you oh yeah and i just filmed it in a very like dramatic way just for fun like mm -hmm. this is the tuning game changer watch and so i tune and that's what went viral but people were saying like oh a true musician doesn't need a tuner a true musician tunes by ear like this product is not for people who are legitimate so all of this negativity came in and i thought yeah. well this would really help the music teacher who has a five minute passing period between yeah. classes and can assign a student to do it even if they don't know how to tune and then in the comments some people said i have arthritis and the most painful part of playing is the tuning process so this would help me but people will always make their comments yeah people will always make comments i get it every day uh, but like that's fine make them about me that's okay but yeah. not about your kid you exactly, know that's, that's exactly. a bit much so, so that's yeah. when i like took her off of all my social media because i didn't want it coming to her so do you see what i mean what a warm and honest and open person bernadette is i have a feeling she would have answered any question that i had for her uh, and she really was a great person to chat with. And can you believe that as well? She went into labor during a ukulele festival and still finished the festival before going into hospital. Now that is dedication. Uh, anyway, talking of dedication, if you love this podcast and you would like to help support it, please check out my Patreon page, patreon.com slash uketeacher. At the moment, you can sign up at any level of tier or any tier level. And you will basically get behind-the-scenes content. There's already a 10-minute bonus chat with James Hill from week one, where he spoke at some depth about his world-famous Billie Jean arrangement, which took him 
uh, almost 10 years to perfect. There's also behind the scenes gossip. Plus, you get to answer questions like who you'd like to see in upcoming episodes, and you get to message me directly and tell me exactly what you think of the show. And there's also bonus photos and bonus cool behind-the-scenes stuff. Plus, it just basically means that you guys supporting this on Patreon means that I can carry on doing it for you. So please, if you are so inclined, check out patreon.com slash teacher and help Ukulele Tales to continue. Uh, anyway, let's go back now to my conversation with Bernadette at NAM. And as we round off the conversation, she begins to tell me a little bit about her thoughts regarding social media, um, how it is for her personally, what she will and won't share on it, and also uh, how she views the ultra-short-form social medias like TikTok and Instagram stories as an educational tool. Are they worthwhile or not? Let's see what Bernadette has to say in the final part of my chat with Plazi, a.k.a. Bernadette Teaches Music. Social media is huge for you, right? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of your thing, would you say yeah. now? or? I think it's just my YouTube channel is a way for people to learn. And my Instagram has become a way for me to connect with the individuals who play, you know? Because on YouTube, it's not really easy to find your subscribers and what they're playing. But on Instagram, it's so easy for them to upload something that they learned from your videos and for you to go watch, give feedback, you know, give kudos. Yeah. And so that's what it's become. I encourage all my followers to get an Instagram account so that I can see them too. Yeah, and you really do that. You you watch their stuff and yeah, uh, comment on it and it's things. It's so fun. It's so fun because it's like, oh, I didn't teach it that way. That was better. I like that. So. Yeah. You know, I've had that a couple of times someone's like tagged me and said, oh, thanks to you teacher for this arrangement. And then I'll watch their video and be like, actually, that's way better than what I did. Yeah. You know, are you sure you watched my video? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think I get that. I think yeah. I get that. Yeah, so uh, it's so fun to connect. And um, I have, like, the close friends turned on. So in stories, you can show um, a little bit more of yourself to a smaller community. Yeah. And so that's where I share more of Daniela with oh, the people okay. who really, really yeah. know me and yeah. care about yeah. us. Yeah. I, I've sort of backed off, like when I was saying about my son and stuff, I've sort of, I feel like I've backed away from a lot of that stuff mm -hmm. over the last few years. Mm -hmm. I feel like my wife and my kid are kind of, ah, oh, this sounds so sad, but they are kind of my community. <laughs> so I, I've become yeah. like less sharing. Like I think when I was sort of on the ascent on Instagram and YouTube, whatever, I was like, hey, this weekend I'm here in LA or I'm doing something else yeah. cool or I'm at a festival or whatever. Yeah. And now I, with my wife and kid, I'm like, no, they're mine. No one gets to share them. So. Mm -hmm. I don't know, but I guess it's different for, for everyone, you know. Well, it's just, you know, our jobs are so visible for anyone to make a comment about, whether it's our appearance, our work, yeah. our instruments. And so it is healthy, I think, to have some parts that are just private to you where no one gets to see that. Yeah, you know? yeah, that. yeah. How did you start playing the ukulele? Because that's not your first or even main instrument. No, or no, I'm a sax player. Yeah. That's how I know Quincy, the saxophone player that was playing with us just now. Um, I always wanted to play guitar and I tried and failed and tried and failed and so one of my friends recommended ukulele and I brushed it off I was like no I'm not good with string instruments so I just kept it as a decoration and I always had this like desire or dream to travel and I used to work for my university's newspaper and there was an ad that said like real English teachers teach abroad in China for free in exchange for the trip. And I thought, oh, that's gonna be me. And so I applied and they said, can you teach music? I like English through music. And I said, so you'll sing songs and 
all of them and I thought, yeah, I could do that, but it's so much funner when you have an accompanying instrument. And then I thought, wait a second, the ukulele is perfect for that. And so I took it and at the time, the Chinese students did not know what a ukulele was. They knew what a guitar was and I would come in and they were like, I'll say guitar, guitar. Like, no, ukulele. And they were like, what? What is that? And so it was the perfect instrument to get people excited about singing because uh, the students I was teaching were mostly middle and high school. And so they tend to be a little bit shy about singing with their peers. But when you have a ukulele keeping rhythm, they would get really excited. And so that's when I started playing. Yeah. How long ago was this? 10 years ago. Yeah. And when did YouTube come after that? How long have you been doing YouTube for? I've been doing YouTube as a New Year's resolution since January 2017. OK, so quite a while, five years, yeah, five or six years, yes. right? Yeah. Yes, and I had a similar thought process of just upload more. Yeah. And so um, I would use, oh my goodness, this is really come full circle. I didn't realize that. You had like a separate channel, right? With just the chords. Yes, uh, yeah, at the time there was yes. like, that was like the algorithm would say, oh, have a second channel. That was kind of what was It was the, just the, the cartoon thing. of you, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness, yeah. that's right. It's so still up, I think. It's I still would up, use yeah. that, but I, I thought like, I need, I need to see it too. And so that's what I started doing. I started doing just the chord, but I would, uh, I would show it and I would say a C chord is notes C, E, G, and so you've got a C, E, and a G here. Put your ring finger on the third fret and voila. And so I thought I can make like a hundred of these and yeah. get content up. Yeah, that yeah. was my thinking as well. It's just I can make like, you know, millions of them. And I, yeah, I don't know if I should have done that on a second channel or not really. You just never know, but. Um, yeah, but no, you were the inspiration. Oh, for well, thank you so much. Part. No, thank you. Yeah, well, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. When I started YouTube, um, I mean, I don't know how much you even concern yourself with like the algorithm and sort of what is going to work in mm -hmm. commas and what isn't going to work. But it changes and it's yes. changed constantly, it changes all the time. Yes. So when I started, they literally told me that it was like uh, a four minute video is like the optimum length. Oh. And then about two or three years later, they said a 30 minute video is the optimum length. Wow. And daily videos, you know, because again, when I started, it was just like, if you do a video that does well, that will always be top of the search results. Whereas now it's like, if it does well, plus the channel is still active, plus you're up Lating, mm -hmm. uploading regular content and whatever. So, um, yeah, so you just have to kind of keep on top of this stuff. And I've It's such a moving target. Moving target, that's exactly the word. That's exactly, yeah, the phrase. Yeah, yeah. so I go through waves of motivation where I say, like, I'm just going to get a regular job. Yeah. It's so hard to keep up with this. And it's kind of difficult to know when you're done working for the day and when the next day starts, you know. It, yeah. it can be so continuous. But then the motivation kicks in again when... A subscriber will tag me or send me a video or a message about how they got started through my channel and I think, no, I gotta keep going. Yeah, that's so cool to hear. Um, well, it's cool for our listeners to hear about the inspirational part. For me, it's cool to hear that you have like the sort of dark thoughts of like uh, giving up and stuff. Because yeah. believe me, I really have had that. Like the last year or so has just been really tough, like during lockdown and being, you know, working from home, not seeing people. And I'm just like, yeah, I don't know how much longer I can do this for. Right. But then, like you say, something, big happens someone leaves a nice comment or you find you just didn't make a nice video that you're really pleased with or something and you're like oh yeah this is great it's the best job in the world you know yeah um, people really underestimate the power of leaving a really nice comment because the people who leave negative comments know that they have power but the, the people who watch the channels and enjoy 
they think, oh, you know, they will never read the comment that I leave behind, so I'm not going to leave one. But we really do read through those, and they matter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I was talking to Boris earlier because he's another like social media guy and he is sort of finding fame on Instagram and stuff. As a teacher yourself, do you think there's much educational value in like these super short form videos, like these sort of 15, 30 second TikTok videos? Do you think you can really learn something from that? Uh, is there any value to them? I think it's kind of like taking a vitamin. If you take one, probably not going to make a, much of a difference, but if you take it daily, then it makes a difference. Same with like working out. My viewers have told me that the YouTube channel is like, that's like the main course, you know, they go and they watch that, they expect to spend a long time with me to learn something. But that the Instagram videos that are really short and educational keep them motivated to practice throughout the week. Yeah. So if it's working for them, I'm happy to keep doing it. That's a cool way of looking at it. Boris said something, he said, uh, oh, he's actually stood for a you there. He said, um, they're just, they can be inspirational yeah. as well. I think that's a cool way of looking at it for me because I was just like, who's really learning from like a 15 second, hey, so you want to learn a quadruplet strum, diddle diddle diddle, here it is. I'm like, wait, what? You did what with the witch finger? But yeah. I guess, it, but it inspires you maybe to like look up something more and uh, yeah. and do it like that. So yeah, that was cool for me. Yeah. yeah, and I think that I've made friends with other ukulele creators because of the social media part of it, not so much the YouTube channel. And I've learned that it's so healthy to connect with other people that have our job. Yeah. Because the people that have a traditional job just don't don't really get how yeah. we would have the work that we do. It's just well, no one else does it. Very few people in the world do what we do, you know. So, yeah, so yeah. if I can connect to other creators and their ukulele creators, like they really understand and the friendship forms and it's automatically just very harmonious. Yeah. Yeah, I feel a bit bad talking to you because I've really like withdrawn from all of that side of things the last year or so. But, uh, no, no, yeah. you're dedicating your time to your family. There's yeah. no way to feel bad for that. Well, that's true, yeah. And yeah. It, I do, I mean, that's what I, again, when I'm having like dark nights of the soul with this job, that's what kind of gets me through. I'm like, well, because of this, I get to spend every day of Percy's life with him. Yes. I have, there's not been one day of, my, of his life yes. I haven't been with him, you know, yes. so. Uh, yeah. yeah, so that, I'm thankful for that. And your son will remember that, you know, that you were there. Yeah, I hope so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so let's say people want to find out more about you, or they want to follow you, they want to watch you. What's next for you, and where can people find out more about you? So I've started, like you, introducing a little bit more guitar to the channel, because ukulele players, a lot of people that have been playing ukulele for a while can transition to guitar with very very easily and so I want to encourage my players to try other instruments as well so I've started a little bit more guitar and everyone can if anyone wants to get started on ukulele I have a 30-day uke challenge there for them is that a free thing you mean on your YouTube channel you yeah, yeah. 30-day okay. uke challenge okay. yeah so on the first day I'm teaching them how to hold it and by day 30 they're playing somewhere over the rainbow so it's a guided course oh lovely good stuff yeah, okay yeah. and that's Bernadette teaches music on YouTube and yeah. Plazi on Instagram and Plazi everything else Instagram pretty much and right TikTok, yeah. yeah yeah cool Bernadette thank you so much thank it's been amazing it's been really cool to speak to you yeah, thank you thank you yeah. cool let's go and see the the hula girls yes let's go cool. awesome
Wow. So again, thank you so much, Bernadette, for that lovely interview. I really enjoyed chatting to you and I hope we get to do it again soon. No idea where or when that might be, but I'm sure our paths will cross again. And again, as she said, if you want to follow her, she's Bernadette Teaches Music on YouTube and Plazi on just about anything else. So a big thank you again to Bernadette for that interview. That wraps up this week's edition of Ukulele Tales. Thank you guys for listening. Be sure to subscribe now. Leave a nice comment or a review or a thumbs up or whatever it is you have to do. Five stars, I guess it is, on Apple Podcasts because that really, really helps me out. And again, as well, if you're enjoying these shows, then please tell your friends and your ukulele communities about them because the more people that listen, the longer I can carry on doing this for. And I've got some great interviews lined up, as I said, Jake Shimabukuru is in the can that'll be coming up in a couple of weeks. We will be getting you Tyler from Ten Thumbs in uh, in a week or two as well. And this week on Thursday, I'm going up to London to interview Lisa from the Ukulele Orchestra of Great Britain. And that's just to name, what did I say, three people that I'm interviewing or have interviewed. I've actually interviewed over 20 people and every single one of them, every single one without exception, is a top name. And again, these are not Zoom calls, they're not Skype chats or Teams meetings. They are in-person, face-to-face conversations, up close and personal with the stars. And I think that that really is important because um, I get to bond with these people, I get to have a relationship with these people, and, uh, you know, hopefully when they become comfortable chatting with me, they will tell stories that they've never told anywhere else before. And that's why this podcast is called ukulele tales again if you've enjoyed the show and you want to help support it check out patreon.com slash teacher i will be back again next and every wednesday with another episode but until next time i love you all and i wish you the best